Hello, and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Today's episode of Future Focus continues the series with a discussion with officers of our organization. NSPS Executive Director Kurt Sumner's guest today is Mark Sargent, the incoming president. Kurt recently talked with Mark about his long history of being involved with his state's association that has transferred into his commitment with NSPS. They reflect on Mark's time as New Hampshire's NSPS governor, his time as the secretary, then chair of our Board of Governors, and the transition to the Board of Directors with the implementation of the 100% membership program. Their discussion also covers licensing and other hot topics for the organization. So, without further delay, here's our next episode of Future Focus, right here on Surveyor Sets. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Surveyor Says. For those of you who have listened to our podcast before, you know that NSPS is making an effort to provide more information, more access, more uh, interaction, if you will, with uh, members and anybody else who wants to know about surveying and about what NSPS is. Um, Lisa Lisa Isom, sorry, Lisa Van Horn, our current president joined me uh, a week or so ago and we had a nice conversation and we thought it'd be good for our members and anybody else to get to know our leadership because those of you who know what NSPS is and understands how we work, when one gets elected as vice president in NSPS, there's an automatic ascension through the chairs of vice president, president-elect and president, and then of course, past president. So we we have a guarantee of four years of service from that particular person. I think it helps us as an organization to be able to provide the service that we need to and represent the the profession the way we want to by having that that structure set up that way. And part of that structure right now is our current president-elect, Mark Sargent. Welcome, Mark. Glad you could join me today. Well, thanks, Kurt. It's great to be here. Mark is from New Hampshire, and you're going to, as you listen to us talk, you're going to figure out I'm not from New Hampshire, but Mark is from New Hampshire. (laughs) So we got the East Coast covered here in accents, Mark, so I guess we're good to go. But uh, I thought it'd be interesting starting out, maybe, I don't know if you want to say anything to begin with, maybe you could start out and just talk about your background a little bit. I know you've been involved in your state society for a really long time, and you're a business owner and uh, obviously a licensed surveyor. So maybe you could just tell our audience a little bit more about you. Sure. Well, I uh, I actually joined our state organization, that's the New Hampshire Land Surveyors Association, as a student member back in 1981 and uh, have been uh, fairly active ever since. I did serve um, as the president of NHLSA back in 2004, and, and the structure for NHLSA is similar to NSPS in that you get elected as you know, vice president, and you become um, president-elect, president, and then past president, so it's also a four-year commitment. Um, after I finished my commitment as past president, I kind of took a year off from the executive board, and the position of uh, the NSPS director for New Hampshire came up. And uh, I ran for that uh, unopposed, I, I might say, and um, served as the governor from New Hampshire 
and then uh, the, uh, the, uh, the title became director from 2007 until I was elected vice president of NSPS in uh, 2018, I guess it was. Jeez. So I had been involved with uh, the executive board of NHLSA for about 15 years. Um, I don't, uh, I, I still attend all their meetings, but uh, with my NSPS duties, um, unfortunately, I, I can't uh, attend all their executive committee meetings, and, but like to stay active and, and I'm still on their, their email list. So I, I find out what's going on the whole, whole time. So. Yeah, one of the things that I think is interesting about our organization, and I think it's, I don't know if it's rare overall, but it's somewhat rare as relates to state-serving organizations, and that is the longevity of our overall leadership. And by that, I'm talking more about what we now call our board of directors. You know, as you said before, we had a a board of governors at one time, and then we had a smaller board of directors, but with the joint membership program with the states, we transposed that into uh, those governors became directors of the organization. And one of the things that's always, I thought, has been a, a positive for us in a lot of ways is that people tend to come and stay for a while. They don't come and serve a year or two and go away and somebody else comes along and that's and I think that's pretty true across the board. Uh, if you think, just think of all the directors we have, we don't see a lot of transition. Um, no, I agree. And and I guess some could say, well, maybe that's not a good thing because you got the same people. But the good part is because of the structure and the fact that we're a national organization, it, it is helpful to have people who have been around for a while. Sure. And in a lot of the states, they do have uh, term limits for their directors. But it's the same with uh, you know, on the national level as it is with all the state organizations. Just getting people to be involved is is always hard. Uh, it's hard for them to make the commitment. And you know, if you have a young family or if you have a, a thriving business, um, you feel like you can't take that time away. But I, I I always tell everybody that I run into that the commitment, although it is a commitment, it's not as big as it, it seems. And, uh, you know, it, it goes by so fast. Uh, I can't believe that, you know, I'm going to be president here in another month. And then a year from that, uh, two years from that, I'm, I'm going to be done. And I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, but, but I've also told people, you know, becoming involved with NSPS is, is like one of the best things I've ever done. And it's probably one of the best kept secrets. Uh, and I think that's what, what happens with these guys that are a long term. They love coming. They love being involved, and um, so they don't tell anybody else about it. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they can keep the position. So, but it is, uh, you know, we have a, a great bunch of individuals involved, and and you're right, Kurt. The longevity of these individuals certainly adds a lot to uh, um, to what we do, and and the consistency with our message. And uh, and then these committees actually getting things done. Right. Yeah. You were talking about people uh, want to continue doing it. I, I guess you could look at it. The state society says, well, we we're going to need an NSPS director. And I know you've been doing it for a while. Or are you tired? And 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 the director will always say, well, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I'm willing to do it a little while longer. And so. <laughs> 
we, we keep having those guys, but, but it is, I agree with you. It really helps us in a lot of ways, people understanding the organization and what our issues are and how we deal with them, but also just having that synergy among the group. So you can have those conversations and people are feel comfortable having being part of the discussion. You know, so often you go to meetings and two or three people do all the talking. Right. But right. I think our group, I think, is pretty good where people will will say what they think. Yeah, I mean, you're true. And and we do get a handful of uh, new directors every every year or every other year. Um, I think we've got uh, three or four coming in at the spring meeting here. And, uh, you know, I recall back when I first became the uh, governor from New Hampshire, um, going to my first meeting and, and not knowing anybody there, um, with the exception of a uh, new Bob Don, who was the Area 1 director. Uh, New Hampshire is part of Area 1. And, you know, Bob introduced me around. And by the end of the meeting, you know, I was friends with just about everybody there. So it's, it's a great group and a very welcoming group. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really proud to have served with uh, some really, really great surveyors and individuals. That is so true. And, you know, speaking of the surveying in general, one of the things that is always of interest to anybody in the profession, in particular people who are part of organizations, whether it's your local chapter or the state society or NSPS, um, with everything that's going on in the world now and technology being what it is and in your lifetime and mine, we've seen dramatic changes in how we do things and what we, what we use to do them. And, and so we continually have this, this thought pattern, okay, what's the future going to be? And uh, it's, it's kind of a tough question because I guess surveyors are no different than anybody else. Sometimes we're, reluctant to change but at the same time we realize if we're going to be effective as practitioners we have have to change at least for in terms of what's available to help us get our work done and uh, of course then now we're having a lot of discussion about the whole licensing issue in terms of portability and some states thinking well do you even need it uh, west virginia just has a bill proposed that would allow anybody to survey for anybody as long as they tell them they're not licensed it's okay um so i i don't know i don't know what your thoughts are about all that but it's certainly something that's important to the profession and to us as an organization i think it sure is and you know we this topic always comes up at, at every one of our meetings you know both in the spring and the fall um, there is a lot of discussion going on right now about universal licensing obviously pertaining to you know, a universal license held by the uh, colonial state people versus the uh, public land survey system. Uh, you know, there is a, obviously a distinct difference. Um, and the, I've, you know, the meetings that I've gone to um, that I've attending around the country, uh, this discussion has come up and there's a lot of pushback uh, and a lot of people don't want to see it happen. Um, but there's a number of people that do. Um, yeah, be interesting to see where it goes. It will be. And, and you mentioned those visits. That's another thing that I think is so great about being in leadership is that opportunity to go and visit with people all over the country. It's just amazing uh, to hear the similarities, but also you just run into so many really cool people. You, you do. You do. And we 
we all have, you know, that that story about that that survey that just wouldn't go away, or <laughs> that, you know, the, the survey where we had a unique deed or, or something like that, or um, you know, our love of the woods and our love and passion for for what we do. Um, you know, everybody that I run into in the surveying profession truly loves what they do. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and. Um... Sometimes I think we wonder how well appreciated we are among our fellow citizens. Um, and I don't know the answer to that question. All I know is that when they need you, they really like you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, as I tell my clients here is I'm not always the bearer of good news. Um, so sometimes they like me, sometimes they don't like me so much. So, <laughs> but you know, when you're talking to the general public, about your profession it's funny that you know, some people really know what we do and some people have no idea whatsoever and in most cases you know, i'll get the response is well you get to work out in the woods all the time and i said yeah well i haven't been out in the woods in probably 15 years so it's <laughs> I, once you get to a, a certain point in life you know there's just different tasks that that you do as a surveyor and uh, when you own a business with with employees you know you spend more of your time sitting behind a desk and and uh, answering the phone and, and lining up work for your employees and, and those such things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, that brings to light, and we talk about this a lot, and people maybe get tired of hearing us talking about it, but the whole concept of our next generation always comes up in our discussions, and particularly considering everybody knows what the average age is, and um, it's it's a challenge really i think because it's harder and harder to get into the profession whether required by your law or not without having a real solid educational background and because just learning about everything that you need to know about you know back in the days when i was first coming along you learned what the guy before you knew and learned to use the instruments that that guy knew how to use and uh, now the people who use the most sophisticated instruments are not the people who've been the surveyors the longest. <laughs> That's very true. Very and, true. And maybe the older group of us may not even have a as good an understanding about how that equipment works as we should have, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but in looking at that recruitment, one of our big challenges is to find the best way to convey that excitement about the profession that you and I feel and that other practitioners feel and pass that to the next generation. And I'm not sure we've, I'm not sure we've actually found that right magic thing yet. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I kind of feel like we're still struggling. But, you know, I, I agree. Um, it is kind of hard to pass on your passion with something without actually taking that individual out in the field and, you know, maybe looking for a, an old bound. Um, and or you know reading a deed and finding some unique phraseology in it. Um, we in the, in New Hampshire here we do a uh, construction career days we participate in, and you know we take uh, essentially it's, it's high school kids that go and you know they it's more of the the technical end because they have a lot of construction equipment there and the guys or the kids like to go and you know run the backhoe or the dozer or what have you. But we've uh, had some success by bringing, you know, a drone or, and a robotic and some GPS equipment and what have you. And, and, and you know, 
letting the kids have some hands-on with that. Obviously not running the drone, but running the robotic and, and using the GPS. And we've been pretty successful with that. Um, but I mean, you're exactly right. A guy like me, um, you know, I'm ashamed to admit it, but some of the equipment, I don't even know how to turn it on. Um, yeah. So we have to, you know, convince these young people or our, our technicians to, you know, to, to come with us to these events and, and attract the young people. And that, that goes to, you know, when you go to a, the high school for, um, for the Trig Star program. I know if you can get the younger people involved, I think the high school kids are more apt to, to uh, listen to and pay more attention to uh, a younger person versus uh, a guy like myself with uh, gray hair. Yeah, I think you're right, and and what I, I just made a note to myself about surveyor participation in outreach and how sometimes that's a challenge, and and it is kind of tough to, you know, take away from your from your time and what have you, but you mentioning what you did about getting younger people involved in that outreach, um, that makes a lot of sense to me, and and maybe part of our approach should be. Take your tech guy with you when you go or set it up for that person to go and talk, because if you listen to students who are in surveying programs or even if you talk to survey techs working in, in companies, um, they get excited. They really enjoy the work. And, and I think you're probably right. I think they can more likely relay the passion that we have than maybe people like you and me. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. So, but, um, I'm really pleased with uh, our young surveyors group here. And you know, we're speaking about getting the young people involved, and 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 nationally, the the young surveyors group is doing very well. Uh, the states that I have visited, I, I have found that their young surveyors are are very active. But you know, getting back to New Hampshire, I'm very proud of the group that that we have here, and and they have been doing a lot of outreach. And, uh, trying to get young people involved. And and I think when you talk to those groups, wherever they are, whatever state they're in, uh, sometimes their perspective about how you do outreach is going to be a little different than people in our age group. But that's a good thing because sure is. they they have a, a different approach. They have a different mindset. Um, you know, we're, as you said, we're, we got the gray hair, so... <laughs> Uh, we, we've been around a while, and, and certainly there's a respect for that, but I think it is harder sometimes to get people to listen to you when, unless it's somebody closer to their age, that they, you know, they consider more of a peer. Sure. No, I, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. But, I mean, that gives us the opportunity, um, you know, to speak at, uh, as older guys anyway, you, you go to a, a the Rotary or the Lions Club or what have you and, and talk about your profession. So we really need to take advantage of opportunities like that when, when they come along and even don't even wait for them to come along, you know, offer your, your service to these, uh, to these uh, places, you know, like I said, like the Rotary and such, because they're always looking for somebody to come and speak at their meetings for 15, 20 minutes. It's right. easy to put together a little speech for 15 to 20 minutes. So. Yeah, I think for me, one of the most interesting, perhaps rewarding things that, that I've done was to actually sit on a, a local planning commission in the jurisdiction where I was living at the time. 
and being able to be part of that discussion on issues that in some cases I would know more about that than anybody in the audience, of course, but still just having that interaction with the public as a surveyor uh, was a, a great benefit to me because not only did you get to have a better relationship with the people in, in our town government, but with the citizens and, you know, people who are doing projects, whatever the case may be, it was a great learning experience for me. Sure. And I think you find that uh, with a lot of the land use boards are populated by land surveyors, just because we have the knowledge and uh, people look to us for our expertise when it comes to land use issues. And, uh, you know, and it's our, our spirit of volunteering too. We, I have found that if you ask a, a fellow land surveyor to do something, to be on a committee or to serve an office, um, nine times out of 10, they're gonna take up the challenge. Yeah, do you, and I don't know the answer to this question nationwide. I, I probably should do more research on this. Um, I'm not really sure where we stand percentage-wise of the licensees per state who actually participate in their state society. I, I don't know that number. I, we should do some research on that. Yeah, I, we should. Uh, I believe here in New Hampshire, it's um, it's a good percentage. I, I can't tell you exactly, but I, I would guess it's upwards of 70%. Uh, of course, we're a small state. There aren't many of us here in, in New Hampshire. I think, I think there's 300 of us total uh, for the entire state. But I'm really pleased, uh, speaking of, of land surveyors or, or, or licensing and the number of young people that have uh, recently got their licenses here in New Hampshire. We had a kind of a dry spell for a number of years where you would see, you know, maybe no new licensees or one new licensee. But for the past three or four years, we've uh, every year we've had at least four or five new licensees, which is which is great for for the profession. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think we probably see across the board, all across the country, those those numbers maybe aren't what they have been over time. Um, and then, of course, people ask the question, okay, with technology, how many do you really need? Well, I don't know the answer to that, but um, certainly it's a whole lot more than none. <laughs> yeah, it for, sure is for sure. But but you know, not only do we need licensed individuals, but we need technicians too. And uh, you know, there's definitely a definitely hurting for for technicians. And, it, and I, I would think a young person, just the uh, the ability to, to come out of school, uh, maybe with um, you know just a, a two year degree, uh, being a technician, uh, the 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 availability of jobs right now is just incredible. It sure is. And like you said earlier, um, there's this opportunity to be able to be the person who's using all that cool equipment. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's worth a lot. So uh, we got a few minutes left here. I'm just curious if anything is burning in your mind about NSPS. You know, what is there something we need to be doing that we're not doing? You have any any uh, visions out there of perhaps things we should be undertaking or or have a mission for anything that we're not doing? Bill, not so much that we're not doing anything. I mean, NSPS does a lot of things and 
one of the issues that I have is just trying to keep on top of all the things that are going on with NSPS and try to be at least somewhat knowledgeable about them. So when I'm asked about them, at least I can maybe give an intelligent answer or I can point that person in the proper direction to get the answer. Um, so there is just you know, this volumes of things that we're doing as an organization. And I'm really surprised or pleased when I, like I, said, I keep going back to the opportunity to visit these state organizations. And I'm always afforded the opportunity to, to speak before their membership. And I go over you know, a whole laundry list of these things that we're doing. And, and always somebody, or a couple of people come up to me after I've spoken and, and said, geez, I, I never realized how much NSPS is doing for us. Uh, so that, that's that's a great feeling. But some of the things that, that I want to concentrate while I'm present here is, you know, I'm really concerned about the impact that 2022 datum change is going to have on our members and our members' businesses. Um, it's just, you know, the impact's going to be dramatic. And uh, we just need to make our members more aware uh, of that situation. And, you know, I want to continue... Uh, our push for workforce development. You know, we, it's something that we just a uh, number of years ago dropped the ball on uh, when, when none of us had gray hair and we weren't worrying about uh, somebody coming behind us. And now that you know, we're in the, uh, I want to say the twilight of our, our days, but we're getting close to, you know, thinking about retirement. And if there's nobody to take our places, you know, where's the profession going to go? Um, and it's going to get to the point, uh, well, I'm hoping it doesn't get to the point where if somebody is looking to have a land survey done, can't even get a hold of a, a land surveyor, or is told you know, they're going to have to wait three to four months before they can get out there. Uh, you know, they're going to complain to their state legislature and uh, licensing is going to go away. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that's why I, I think NSPS has done a great job and, and, doing this workforce development. We've got a, um, Tim Murphy is our, our new workforce development uh, committee chairman. Uh, he's working real hard. This uh, guidance counselors conference that we've been attending um, every year for the last four years seems to work good. Um, I'd like to see us getting involved with the STEM conference more. I noticed um, just reading the paper the other day, there's a STEM conference that's going to be held here in New Hampshire. Uh, I think it's in October of this year, and I sent uh, uh, an email to the NHL LSA president uh, asking him to at least explore the possibility of NHLSA participating in that STEM conference, you know, with a booth, and, and I assured him that the National Society provided him with, you know, any uh, goodies that he needed to, to, to supply the booth with. So those are a couple things I you know, would like to to see us work on more. Um, public outreach is another one too. You know, National Surveyors Week is, is a great opportunity for public outreach. We here at, at my office, um, we go down, we're right in Concord, which is the state capital, and we go down and we occupy a point uh, right at the, the state house uh, during the week and, uh, you know, put our poster out there and, and you know, people walk by and say, hey, what are you doing? And what's this? So it's, you know, it's a great, great little thing to do. Right. Well, um, 
I know we keep these things kind of in the half hour range, so we're getting pretty close to that. I just wanted to make sure that I gave you an opportunity to cover anything I didn't think to ask. So <laughs> I appreciate you joining me today. And, and like I sure. said in the beginning, I think this is really important uh, to be able to have this and we have it archived. We can continue to share it with people and just just to help people better know who our leaders are and what our organization is yeah. about. So uh, thanks for joining me. You bet, Kurt. My pleasure. been listening to Future Focus here on Surveyor Says, the NSPS podcast. Our guest today has been Mark Sargent, the incoming NSPS president. Upcoming Surveyor Says episodes will feature informational talks about the proposed changes in our datums from NGS, including the change from the U.S. foot to the foot. We will also have more point of order talks as we get closer to our NSPS lobby day in April, and more spotlights on educational programs that will further our surveying profession. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And also watch our website, nsps.us.com, for information on future episodes. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.